you have tuned into Surviving Fundamentalism, a podcast with Richie X, where if your God ain't bigger than your Bible, you most likely mm, probably will have a problem with this shit here. But it's okay. It's okay. Grab you a little wine for the stomach's sake. Tap in. Tune in. Let's have a good time. deeply believe is not that do unto others as you would have them do unto you. What you do is already done. That moment in The Color Purple where she says, everything you ever tried to do to me, where Whoopi says that, Asili, everything you ever, everything you even tried to do to me, already done to you. So the law, the third law of motion in physics says that what you're putting out is coming back all the time, regardless of whether you know it or acknowledge it or not. me, the Right Reverend Richie X, and this is Surviving Fundamentalism, the podcast where if your God ain't bigger than your Bible, then you are most likely, uh, probably, no, you're going to have a problem with this shit here. So good to be back in your listening ears. I'm excited. Thank you all for listening to last week's episode and the episode before that. Last week's episode, we discussed love and tried really to 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 I, I think I was I was really processing with you you know with you all you know processing these conversations or these ideas about love that I've had in the ways in which love was taught to us as this thing right where it is like the love of god is demanding and restrictive and restricting and really uh obligatory right and that the the love of god is is something that's given to us in return for our obedience and undying loyalty despite whatever it is that we question and whatever challenges that we have Right. And, 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 you know, there's this whole thing like it's only like that because you want to sin or it's only like that because you want to uh, because you don't want to be right with God or or you just need a personal relationship with God. And I, and and you know, I used to believe that like, oh, the more, you know, and then I realized the more personal maybe my relationship could be, then I would be OK. But then I realized that I had been in a personal relationship with God for an extended amount of time. And when I freed God up from my image of who I was told that he had to be to me and in my life, it really liberated the expectations that I thought this God had of me. And I realized "Hmm, this God don't seem like other people you know, this is, you know, in my God, my idea of God or the divine has expanded beyond my wildest dreams, you know, and no longer exists in this obligatory, you know, undying loyalty, you must love me and me alone kind of way, you know, and so, yeah, we talked about, I wish, I feel like, I was struggling a little bit last week with with ADD brain um, because uh, I was still processing a lot of what I was trying to say as it pertained to love. Um, But I hope that you all were able to grasp, um, you know, in its fullness, what I was trying to say. but yeah, thanks again. Thanks again for listening. Um, be sure to tell a friend. Be sure to make sure you subscribe everywhere podcasts are available. Uh, tell a friend. Share with someone else who might need help with processing where they are spiritually, um, you know, religiously. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that 
you know, I always think about is the fact that like a lot of the deconstructing work that I've done, I've really had to do alone. You know, I didn't, when I was having panic attacks, when I was, um, going through it, I didn't have anyone to talk to about what I was feeling. Um, and I struggled a great deal because of that. And I, I wrestled alone a lot. Um, and, you know, I strive to kind of be a voice crying out in the wilderness to tell people who are still struggling and suffering and in fear and afraid and having panic attacks and 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 um, afraid of death, afraid of hell, afraid of this God, afraid of questioning, even though they're already questioning. Um, I strive to be that voice that's saying that you'll be okay. Um, and I hope that I can continue to be that for you all. And I hope that you all are really learning and, and, uh, gleaming from this, from, from whatever it is that we're talking about. I think the core issue of, of it all is to always question things, challenge what you think, you know, realize that out of all the things that you think you know that you really know nothing. Um, and continue to, to strive to be present in your uh, daily life, present with yourself and within yourself first, and then present in, in every other moment that you have with uh, living beings around you. Um, but we're going to move forward. Um, into our deconstruction clip of the week. Check out this tweet from Joelle Leon. I never saw my mother walk on water, but I saw her wait for the bus in the snow to pay the rent. We define holy differently. I truly love perspectives like this. That tweet is a deconstructed view of the concept of holiness. It is a black man redefining a word that is often used to demonize black women in the black church. It is him taking the power behind that word and bestowing it to his mother who, against all odds, systemic and seasonal, did what she had to do to provide for her family. I can relate to this. I was born and raised in Chicago by a praying grandmother who worked as a CNA for 30 years. I watched her stand in the snow with a metal plate in her leg to pay the rent. And as I grew up and now as an adult, I look back and have the same reaction one might have to someone walking on water. How is it possible? Like, how did you do that? And if I asked her today, she would probably just say, because I love you. So I agree. We define holy differently. And I think we define saviors differently because salvation looks different to us. Like and follow for more content. That was, yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. Amazing. I think it deals with so much, right? When when the original post he's talking about says, uh, we define holy differently. You know, and, and often one of the things that we talk about here a lot is our ability. A lot of us don't realize that we get to define holy differently. You know, in in fundamentalist religion, we have been taught um, what holy is and what it must be. And, um, and him saying, you know, I saw my grandmother wait on the bus, you know, and I, and I saw, you know, this and, and that is holy. You know, the... My mother worked two jobs and went to school and raised three children. Um, a lot of sacrifices were made. A lot of, you know, and, and that is holy, right? But I was, I was taught uh, in the fundamentalist evangelical church that because my mother was not um, saved, you know, her faith wasn't in Jesus and she um, wasn't baptized and, you know, hadn't received the Holy Ghost, that she wasn't holy. She, you know, she needed to look a certain way and be a certain way. And I was, um, you know, I was taught really 
that I should, you know, that, that my mother, I should be ashamed of her based on some things that she was or did or whatever the case may be, right? And even though my mother is a practicing Muslim, I think the the objective was always like I was learning so many things about how to identify my black mother who was surviving white supremacy uh, in the hood, raising three children and going to school and getting an education. Um, and none of those words or descriptions were holy. None of them were holy. And I wonder, you know, how much that was shaping my already warped understanding of not only my mother, but black women in general. Because I was given a lens on what holy was. And many of the people, particularly the women, the young women in my life, um, who did not mirror this sort of um, the sanctity that I thought that they should, the respectability that I thought that they should, then then they deserved to be shamed. And that's a major thing about um, fundamentalism, right? That that kind of gives these guidelines about who is worthy of respect and dignity and love based on um, how much they, how they show up in the world and um, the respectability um, politics that they agree with and abide by, right? And if they aren't these things, then they aren't holy, and if they aren't holy, then they aren't worthy of respect and dignity. And they are not whole. And therefore, they need the direction of a thing, a god, a man, a preacher, a reverend of some sort, some masculine identity. Right? And that is what is learned. Um, and so... I think that my unpacking, deconstructing Christianity, unpacking misogyny and, uh, and you know, uh, the white supremacist capitalist uh, male patriarchy, just sort of unpacking, undoing, decolonizing my whole entire idea about self, about women, about my mother, the way I viewed my mother had to change. And now I can look at my mother and see her in the fullness of who she is as a woman, not just my mother, and see her for all that she is and call her holy. And that's the work of God. <laughs> that's the work of God. And that's why I think it's important for so many of us to decolonize and deconstruct. Decolonize, deconstruct our faith, decolonize our minds, understand that so much of what we have been taught about being, about existing, about relating to one another, relating to the opposite gender, relating to those who are same sex, same gender loving, relating to those who are non-binary and or trans and disabled and all of that. All of that has to be redone, deconstructed, and rebuilt in a way that is inclusive for everybody. Everybody. And so that's the work of God. That's the work of God. I, I was recently like reflecting on... Um, I'd heard a song by the LA Mass Choir that made me think about a reunion choir that I did 
back into late 2019 and into 2020. And then I was like, oh man, I miss singing in the choir. And who, you know, I was in the car kind of jamming, going off to some quartet music and some old choir music and just, just having a moment. And then, you know, a lot of times when I do think about going back into the institution, you know, I really have to safeguard my spirit. I talk about this probably fairly often, you know, safeguarding my spirit, safeguarding my energy um, as to not put myself into a position that could potentially be abusive, um, disheartening, shameful, any of that. Because it's imperative that uh, that I protect myself from the same things that I experienced growing up. It's different though, because I am I have deconstructed and I am decolonized and I'm I'm still learning and still growing, but I am doing the work and I've done the work and I'm aware and I'm clear and I'm conscious. And sometimes that clear consciousness, it, it really it can get in the way when when you hear ignorance. Um, and sometimes going to church for ritual is, is just not as important, right? Um, as much as you might want to experience that experience of, of worship and, um, connection and community, um, sometimes it's, it's, it's not worth it in the event that you're going to be triggered or the preacher is going to step outside of the bounds of his, his calling, right, to to address things that are really essentially none of his business. Right? And 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 so yeah. Yeah. I've been um I've been listening to a couple uh lecture series on well, one lecture series on the making of the New Testament how the books were constructed and um, how the books were, you know, titled the goals and the agendas of the different books. I just like to stay on top of things and maybe in the future we'll be able to talk about that a little bit here. Um, but right now I'm just in learning mode and and um, always learning. I think I was thinking the other day, like, I wonder if people, because I see other people attack um, other people who do deconstruction work a lot. And they say, why are you so obsessed with Jesus? It's because you want him in your life again. Um, You know, why are you so obsessed with this? Um, I just think that there's a work here to be done because so much fundamentalism is a mental disease. It is a disease. It's literally like leprosy. <laughs> it's deteriorating. Um, so many people, particularly the people in those marginalized groups that I talked about earlier, all of that, all of the identity, the ways that is tied up into the white supremacist, capitalist, male patriarchy, um, that agenda, how much of it is tied up in that and in, 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 in really in celebration and pushing that agenda without even being conscious of it. And how many people don't even want to undo that stuff because it is so unfamiliar to them in their religious identity and experience. They don't really want to to grow because what will they have? If they don't have the idea, the make-believe idea that they are better than you because they are legalistic, because they are fundamentalists, because they are biblical literalists, they literally believe that the Bible is the literal, inerrant, no errors, no mistakes, word of God. And will look you blank in your face and tell you that there are no mistakes in the Bible, that 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 everything must be explained. They're not students of that text. 
Not going into that, though. Not going into it. Been there, done it, got the t-shirt and the panties. And I, di- I digress. <laughs> um, but yeah, going to take a break. And then after this break, we'll be back with our uh, weekly segment. There is not one single thing that has ever happened to you or will happen to you that will be wasted. Everything is there showing up to make you more of who you were meant to be. A wise man once said, if you're angry, it's because you're living in the past. And if you're fearful, it's because you're living in the future. But when you're at peace, that's when you know that you're living in the present. And that is where life starts to make sense. It's crazy. I was having a conversation with my mom uh, earlier in the week and we were talking about how God is in the silence and you know if we can get to the point right where we can get past all the stuff and be present how like God is in the silence and but also it's also in between us in this moment, right? Like in being in connection with one another is 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 also a form of godliness, right? I think it makes me think of um you know, the whole concept of two or three gathering. You know, then God will be in the midst. I think of when we're when we're present with one another and with ourselves, that that there that that divine intelligence, that divine that thing, is is always present with us. Um, and so I I think about that, and um, I said to my mother, I, that line from the color purple. I think it pisses God off when you walk past the color purple and don't acknowledge it. And, you know, there's like a world of things that are happening around us. Um, And sometimes we just go on with our lives without ever stepping into ourselves and being present and, and realizing what is in front of us and what is around us. Um, Because we attach so much ego and things to it that we miss we miss we miss it we walk past the color purple every day and don't acknowledge it um and and i think missing that is the missing is 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 to miss the mark right it's it's it it it's sinful to not be present with yourself it's sinful to not take time and 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 take time for your deepest consciousness and many of us are functioning in capitalism and we have goals and desires and that we are trying to achieve and we're trying to do them and we are not resting we are not pausing we are not present and and in that we sin against ourselves and 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 one another i think you know and so we're going to continue with our new earth series which is about finished um um, this week, we'll be discussing a new earth, inner body, and spaciousness, which is, you know, perfect. You know, Eckhart Tolle says, your inner body is not solid, but spacious. It is not your physical form, but the life that animates the physical form. It is the intelligence that created and sustained the body sustains the body, simultaneously coordinating hundreds of different functions of such extraordinary complexity that the human mind can only understand a tiny fraction of it. 
when you become aware of it, what is really happening is that the intelligence is becoming aware of itself. It is the elusive life that no scientist has ever found because the consciousness that is looking for, that it is looking for, it is it. Very interesting. Um, what I'm thinking about here is like mostly, um, like I love like uh, evolution and like studying that and, and, and learning about all the different beings and, and beings that used to exist and that have stopped existing and beings that redefine themselves as a method, as a way of sur survival in the very messy way with which we have all evolved over time, that that's really cool uh, to me. And like, I'm thinking of that, like, um, that intelligence, that, 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 that force, that complex conscious awareness towards survival and sustaining and evolution in its basic sense with us. Um, and just how there are all of these things in our bodies, tubes and muscles and things in our bodies that are constantly working as a life force in maintaining our survival. And so much of it is so vast that it can only be understood in like technical terms, but it can't really be explained. There's so much about the craziness of our evolutionary process that is like, it's really beyond understanding. And, and, but, you know, a lot of it is what we do know is that we have evolved from this um, very messy state um, into this very, <laughs> still very messy state, but the con, the, the, the the constant desire to sustain and survive is 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 natural instinct and in, in, in happening in every way. And Eckhart says, what I call the inner body isn't really the body anymore, but life's energy. The bridge between form and formlessness. Make it a habit to feel the inner body as often as you can. One of the things I said that he said earlier is like your inner body is not solid but spacious. It is not your physical form, but the life that animates the physical form. I I thought about like how I don't know like our awareness kind of being like uh, similar to electricity. Um that is in connection with all things causing us to be and move and evolve even further. I don't know if that makes sense. In, in, in making it a habit to, to feel that inner space. I think it's difficult. I think it's difficult because there's a real hollow in there. <laughs> it's real hollow in there. Like if you've ever gotten to that space where you tap into that, that inner body like that, if any of you all meditate or have been hypnotized or any kind of experience where you tap out of your frontal lobe and into this, it's, this space, it's like a hello, 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 hello. It's like empty and it's it it doesn't require as much as your brain always requires. Your brain is so needy. Your brain is always reminding you of something. 
Your body is always needy. It's always reminding you of something. Your legs are ashy. You need moisturizer. You know, you got a rash. You got to get some creams. You got this. You got to put deodorant on your underarms. You know, your underarms are a little musty. You got to put some deodorant on there. You got to, you know, your hands is crusty. You got to put some lotion on there. Every other part of you is in need constantly. Your home is in need constantly. Your car is in need constantly. But your inner body is just there. And that shit is loud when, when it's, it's loud, but it's, 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 it's empty. So it's so, the, it's like when they say the silence is deafening. It's like something you've got to get used to. In Zen... Uh, such a glimpse is called Satori. Satori is a moment of presence, a brief stepping out of the voice in your head, the thought processes, and their reflection in the body as emotion. It is the arising of inner spaciousness where before there was the clutter of thought and the turmoil of emotion. Inner spaciousness. Yes, all of that. When you are aware of space, you are not really aware of anything except awareness itself. That's what I'm talking about. It's like you're aware. When I got hypnotized, that was one of the first times I ever felt it. It was like, whoa, (laughs) like I'm aware of the fact that like, When I said that's why I call it the known beyond the known, because it was in that inner space that it was like I didn't need nothing. Everything that I thought I needed in that moment, I didn't need it. I had everything I needed already inside of me. So when you're aware of space, you're not really aware of anything except awareness itself, the inner space of consciousness through you. The universe is becoming aware of itself. That's crazy. (laughs) Through you, the inner universe is becoming aware of itself. Let's, Let's read some more there. Space consciousness represents not only freedom from the ego, but also from dependency on the things of this world, from materialism and materiality. Materiality. It is the spiritual dimension which alone can give transcendent and true meaning to this world. I, 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 I'm getting it, you know, like um, the universe becoming aware of itself through us. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm kind of getting it. I mean... But also, like, yeah, I didn't need anything when I was in that space. The hardest thing, though, is is it is you you bring bits and pieces of that space with you as you grow. But it's kind of like the scripture that says the spirit shall not dwell with you always. And I think that, like, you we live practical lives that we have to come back into this life into this mind into this body and all these things have needs and children and partners and work and all of that as we function in this world so it that that's the other thing is like having to step back into all of that is stepping out of a world where you need for nothing. You know, and it's like, it's that duality, right? And how do we bring that world into our everyday life and and be in that presence as much as we can? Every day, I'm learning, I guess. Here's another way of finding inner space. Become conscious of being conscious. This is what Eckhart Tolle says. Say or think I am and add nothing to it. Be aware of the stillness that follows the I am. Sense your presence, the naked, unveiled, 
unclothed beingness. I am. Let's take a few minutes and just sit in that. A few moments. I am. I am. Sense your presence. The naked, unveiled, unclothed beingness. I am. It's untouched by young or old, rich or poor, good or bad, or any other attributes. It is the spacious womb of all creation, all form. Interesting. I, interesting. Mm-hmm. I am. All creativity comes out of inner spaciousness. Once the creation has happened and something has come into form, you have to be vigilant so that the notion of me or mine does not arise. If you take credit for what you accomplished, the ego has returned and the spaciousness has become obscured. Through complete acceptance of the form of now, you become internally aligned with space, which is the essence of now. Through acceptance, you become spacious inside, aligned with space instead of form that brings true perspective and balance into life. Always a tapping, always a tapping, a tapping, no, always tapping into um, that space of, of all that is and all that ever will be. Um, and tapping out of form, which is which always attend, attempts to attach the eye. I get it. I've had to do that a couple of times in my life as a creative, as a writer. You know, when it's like this is my story, my my thing, my my characters, and you know, we we get into this whole you know God complex moment, and we don't want anyone else to, you know, say anything or or or, or have it. We just it's mine. It's in and it. You know, what that is in that moment is is that we have not, we aren't, we're in the ego. We're not like where we are clear that our creativity is, is a, has arisen within us, but it's not only for us. Right, that it's it's really given to the world, and it is it's it's a part of the shared connectiveness that we have in our being. Right, you are never more essentially, more deeply yourself than when you are still. He says. Once there is a certain degree of presence of still and alert attention in human beings' perceptions, they can sense the divine life essence, the one indwelling consciousness or spirit in every creature, every life form, recognize it as one with their own essence, and so love it as themselves. The whole is made up of existence and being. The manifested and the unmanifested, the world and God. So when you become aligned with the whole, you become a conscious part of the in interconnectedness of the whole and its purpose. The emergence of consciousness into this world. There is ultimately no such thing as your life since you and life are not two but one. Through excessive reliance on thinking, reality becomes fragmented. 
this fragmentation is an illusion. But it seems very real while you are trapped in it. And yet the universe is an indivisible whole in which all things are interconnected, in which nothing exists in isolation. <laughs> this is so true. I, I'm thinking of, let's let's go back, let's go back, let's go back. Where he's really talking about the interconnectedness that I've been talking about consistently in all of this, right? Where it's like, when you become aligned with the whole, you become a conscious part of the interconnectedness of a whole, of the whole and its purpose. You are a part of the emergence of consciousness into this world in every aspect of who you are and what you are doing. You know that what you are putting out is going somewhere and it's going to have impact and it's going to have impact on somebody else and that they're, it's going what they do is going to have impact on somebody else and with the people they've impacted. It's, so you are aware fully of the fact that you are playing, that you are a conscious part of the interconnectedness of the whole in 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 the emergence of consciousness in this world right and with that said there is you know at that point you start to realize that that independence that you you feel is like this is my life this is my thing this is this is my life you know since you and life are not two you're one you are the life you are life you are that energy right and you you are connected to it now and it's like it's no such thing as just your life because you are fully aware of all of the impact that you have in this world because you are consciously aware of our abilities to affect one another that's being we're always being we're always being and we're being in the ego or we're being in interconnected consciousness. Either way, we're going to be, either way, we're going to learn, hopefully, because <laughs> if you're not growing, you're dead. But seems like, you know, it's, it's always working, right? But yeah, I was talking about that earlier. When you when you're in your frontal lobe, it's like through excessive reliance on thinking, reality becomes fragmented. You think your world is the world. You think your feelings and emotions is the end all be all. And that's one of the things that I talked about a couple episodes ago where we have to step out of all that we assign to the way we're being, the way we exist. We got to step back. Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. It ain't that. I recently had a situation where a friend of mine was going through some major changes, you know, shifting. And if we're not careful, right, we're attaching all of these things, especially when we are in the, the, the fragmented um, overthinking of everything, right? We're attaching all this shit to that dynamic, right? To, to, to whatever. And then, so I was struggling for a while. Because of my friend's changes. And I'm like, why am I struggling with this? What I strive to do is keep my energy still as much as I could. I didn't make it a thumb issue. I, I, I try my hardest not to make it any issue. I continued to speak uh, encouraging words towards them in 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 the spirit or 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 in manifestation style, wanting this person to be blessed on their journey, speaking powerful and encouraging words about their situations, 
And I I was like, I'm going to be still. Sometimes, I like I say, like our blessing is in the stillness. They used to say that back in the day. Be still and know that you are God. And it's like, you know, it's like be still sometimes. Because I didn't have my uh, unconsciousness, my ego wanted to throw a tantrum. It wanted to throw a tantrum. It wanted to be mean. It, my inner child was acting up. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> I was turned into the Grinch. Like, and one of the things that I had to do was I had learned this. Be still. I didn't have all the answers. I journaled day in, day out. I prayed aloud day in, day out. I woke up early in the morning sometimes randomly. I prayed. I prayed blessings over my friend. I prayed blessings over her journey. Over over sorry, their journey. Um and I really I did everything I knew to do. I journaled, I prayed, I reflected, I meditated, and I didn't have no answer. So I just waited. And then I opened up a doorway for conversation and it flowed freely and more freely and more freely. And my answer came in conversation, but really from the interconnectedness, consciousness, that spacious thing, plus communicating with the person. The person didn't know any of this shit that I really went through, but it was really, it was, ended up just having a conversation about something totally different. And then it, and, and, and it opened the door for a different type of conversation that really, it wasn't exactly about what I was, what I had already journaled through, prayed through all of that, but it was really this sort of reaffirming of the present moment with this person and the connection that this person and I had built. And it allowed me then to release my own fears and release the ego and be present with this person. And that interconnectedness allowed us to move forward. But what I'm saying is sometimes you don't have all the answers. You need to get quiet. You need to get still. You need to journal. You need to. And then even then you don't bust a move. Because I feel like there is a greater wisdom sometimes that comes in waiting. We're not a generation that likes to wait a lot. But sometimes you don't have all the answers. Yeah, and I could have I could have bumped up and had the conversation weeks ago. But it also could have been a it could have been a, a, a toxic conversation. It could have created a volatile energy. What if my energy wasn't right? What if I needed the space to journal and, 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 and detach and detangle my, in, my inner thoughts? I've talked before about being on the spectrum. I've talked before about having ADHD. All of these are tools that are helping me sort of comb through this. And this wasn't a, this wasn't a, a, a kinks and coils thing. This was a kinks and coils and lice thing, honey. We had to comb through this bitch because it was some shit in that motherfucker that I needed to get out and detangle and rinse and wash and repeat, okay? And then we get to, to defining our curl pattern and, and getting all the girls together. Um, and so when we get it together and we present the conversation, we ended up being with one accord um in 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 that interconnectedness um so yeah you know this is like why we really can't rely on overthinking a lot of us though the our in our brains 
we've been um, stuck. You know what I mean? Like we we get stuck in our on our brains and we stay there. And they say that, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's was a safety place for us, especially as us, those of us who go inside of ourselves or are misunderstood. For me, growing up on the spectrum with ADHD, having a rushing brain, it, it's not even my intention to be in my brain all the time. It just, my brain is loud as fuck. So it oftentimes I'm, I find myself really struggling and so being in my mind is saving for me because it allows me a sense of safety that I don't have in the outside world because I don't even always understand my own mind so it's very difficult for me to explain to other people but we're going to move forward here one life one consciousness Eckhart says the universe is indivisible whole in which all things are interconnected in which nothing exists in isolation i believe that to be true nothing exists in isolation even when it tries um one life one consciousness the deeper interconnectedness of all things and events implies that the mental labels of good and bad are illusions they're illusory they always imply a limited perspective and so are true only relatively and temporarily. This is some shit that people, a lot of these, you know, black and white, good or bad people don't get. And I know not everybody, not everything is at this level. You know, sometimes we're handling things in the flesh, urgent and in the moment. You know what I mean? But yeah, this is this is some next level shit, you know? Like, good and bad, they always imply a limited perspective. And it's only true relatively and temporarily. Often, it is impossible for the mind to understand what place or purpose a seemingly random event, event has in the tapestry of the whole. But there are no random events, nor are there events or things that exist by and for themselves in isolation. All we can perceive, experience, think about is the surface layer of reality, less than the tip of the iceberg. Underneath the surface appearance, everything is not only connected with everything else, but also with the source of all life out of which it came. Only then can you be aware of the sacredness of the forest. As soon as you sense that hidden harmony, that sacredness, you realize you are not separate from it. When you realize that you become a conscious participant in it. In, in this way, nature can help you become realigned with the wholeness of self. In the wholeness of life, there is a deep interrelatedness between your state of consciousness and external reality. It's funny, I was just telling somebody like that I was in a need of a, a nature uh, connection, like I needed to go hiking or something, um, really, you know, be outside. <laughs> be outside. Um, but yeah. That interconnectedness it is the same intelligence that manifests the complex living being that is planet Earth. While nature is a beautiful expression of the evolutionary impulse of the universe, when humans become aligned with the intelligence that underlies it, they will express the same impulse on a higher, more wondrous level. All things are vibrating energy fields in ceaseless motion. I think about that. You know what's so funny? When I was younger, I used to wish that I was just like some kind of animal or um, bug or tree or something because I felt like my life was so stressful 
um, as a human with everything I had experienced. And I was like, damn, imagine if I could just be a tree. <laughs> just in the woods fucking existing. Just existing, giving oxygen to bitches, minding my business, motherfuckers not fucking with me, you know, just left alone, bitch, don't chop me down, leave me alone, don't disturb my energy, I'm fucking chilling, ho. Like, that, and I, and what I'm, like, putting together is that understanding your, yourself and, um... The creative intelligence and connectedness um, that is in all living things is 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 really like just kind of functioning like that tree I, I wanted to be, you know, like, you know, realizing, you know, that I, I am that tree, you know, I am like that tree and all those other things that are happening uh, around me really are 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 doing what they're doing. And, you know, and, and I should not be moved, you know what I mean? Like as easy, as easily, right. When I realized that, that, that deep connection that I have to, to the, the, the forest around me, the world around me, what we perceive as physical matter is energy vibrating, moving at a particular range of frequencies. Thoughts consist of the same energy vibrating at a higher frequency than matter, which is why they cannot be seen or touched. In the stillness of presence, you can sense the formless essence in yourself and in the other as one. Knowing the oneness of yourself and the other is true love, true care, and true compassion. Let me go back. In the stillness of presence, you can sense the formless essence in yourself and in the other as one. Knowing the oneness of yourself and the other is true love, true care, true compassion. It makes me think of that verse that says in, in you know, the second is likened unto it, the, the, the uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Makes me think of that. It makes me feel like that's the intention of that verse. Is that knowing that we are interconnected, and and knowing that the knowing that oneness, that presence of your own in your own space, um, you can see it in other people, and that's true love, and that's true care, and that's true compassion, because you wouldn't bring danger to yourself. You're, 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 you are extending that, that, that thing to, to those you come in contact with. When you contemplate the unfathomable depth of space or listen to the silence in the early hours, just before sunrise, something within you resonates with it as if in recognition. You then sense the vast depth of space as your own depth, and you know that precious stillness that has no form to be more deeply who you are than any of the things that make up the content of your life. It's, <laughs> it's true. It's true. When you hit that like gear in the stillness, if you can actually get into that presence and knowing that vast depth of space, like, yo, and you know, you don't need nothing. Like you have everything you need right then. It's like, okay, so boom, <laughs> you know, like crazy, but that's been our uh new earth segment been enjoying it love you all thank you so much for listening once again this has been surviving fundamentalism the podcast where if your god ain't bigger than your bible then you most likely probably will have a problem with this shit thank you so much for listening i'll see you next week
so long. Farewell to you, my friend. Thank you so much for listening to Surviving Fundamentalism with Richie X. This is the podcast where if your God ain't bigger than your Bible, then you most likely gonna have a problem with this shit. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, things you want me to talk about, definitely hit me up on Instagram at Instagram.com slash Surviving Fundamentalism or Instagram.com slash Richie at it again. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to tell a friend, tell your mama, tell your aunties, uh, tell some people that's just questioning, you know, get the people involved, run it up, run the numbers up, okay? And I will be back next week. Thank you for